Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Stress Sessions. Today I've got two very, very special guests and they're all the way from California. They didn't actually travel from California, we caught up on Zoom. But it's a really interesting chat because these two people are from a programme called The Shift, which is a groundbreaking multi-platform docuseries and a social movement to erase the stigma around youth mental health. So I think you're going to really enjoy this one. So here we go. Hey, hi, Mary. Hi, Luke. How are you? Yeah, really well, thank you. How are you? Wonderful. So good to meet you. I know Adrian is on too, I think. Adrian. Hello. Hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Am I loud? I'm using a microphone. Is it loud? Can you uh, hear me? Sounds okay. Initially, it was a little loud, but now you're great. That's I also quite, yell. Let cool. <laughs> <laughs> me turn this down a little bit. Am I getting quieter and quieter and quieter? Yeah. How is it now? If I'm like talking like this, is this fine? Yeah, that's fine. Yes, yeah. you're good. Okay. Hi. <laughs> nice doing? to meet Hi. you. I, I was just saying, like, I'm literally at the end of my day at the moment, and. Mm. yeah I'm I'm yeah. sped off this not gonna lie <laughs> you know, <just> yeah like... <laughs> no I'm getting on a plane later tonight so it's one here I'm getting on a plane at nine so I'm getting on a plane and it'll be like five in the morning your time probably or something I don't wow. know yeah crazy it's time crazy. zones <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to meet the the man behind the stress sessions account that I am seeing all the time so that's awesome congrats <laughs> it's really it's really cool to be able to to, um put that out there it takes yeah it takes a lot of courage and that's really exciting i'm happy for you thank you i so i'll just start by introducing you so you guys are part of the shift series which is a series of discussions based on the mental health issues surrounding the youth of today and at present it, it's it's quite clear that the youth of today are going through a lot of i guess stress and it's it's the worst it's ever been, I think, in terms of a generational thing. So, Adrian, yourself, um, you're a you're a digital entrepreneur, um, video creator, life coach. I've got this stuff of YouTube, so I apologize. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Uh, and, I'm and, glad and, I updated my channel. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're the presenter of the shift. And Mary, you're an ex-social worker with twelve, 12 years experience and creator and executive executive producer of the shift. So, um, yeah, great to have you on the stress sessions. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks so Thanks. much, Luke. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you. So I guess to kick this off, and it's, it's a bit of a strange one, it's got nothing to do with mental health, it's got nothing to do with the stress sessions. Tell me something about yourself that you've not ever told anybody before. It could be anything. Oh man, oh man, oh man. This is such an interesting question always because, well actually I don't get asked it very often, but I am the most open person you'll ever meet. I have no filter and I, I, swear I say everything out loud so I'm like what if I not told a single soul it's an interesting let me think for a second while Mary goes oh something very interesting about my mother who passed on she was metropolitan opera singer for about six years and she always inspired me because she went out and paid for her own lessons to become an opera singer and you know whether you're a fan or not a fan to have that accomplished by the age of 24 um, was amazing to me. So, and I don't really talk about that much. That's awesome. Wow. That is really cool. Oh, back to me. What have I never told anyone? Okay. To be honest, I don't think there is anything that I've never told anyone. Um, but 
something that I, hmm, I do tell people this. However, I don't tell people this very often publicly. I'm pretty sure I have a ghost that follows me around. (laughs) (laughs) It may or may not be 100% that, but there is something that goes on around here, around me for the past five years that feels very paranormal. Um, You've shared so, that with me, Adrian. Yeah. I did? Very okay, yeah. You did, yes. Mm-hmm. I remember we did talk about it, yeah. But it's something that I don't talk about a lot because I don't really know how to explain it, and I also don't know that I want to even know how to explain it. So, <laughs> is, it is it like uh, a presence then? You kind of feel like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, very, I'm definitely, you know, kind of a spiritual person, but mm. I'm also very logical and analytical at the same time. I'm very much a mix of those two things so it's interesting because I totally believe that there's so much we don't know and don't see and that's kind of how I live my whole life is just understanding that we don't know the answers to everything and that's okay and um so for this it's kind of like I have I've had multiple times of like just feeling a feeling that I can't explain in any other way but to say that just like something's there or with me or like and it's like it hits me like a ton of bricks not physically but like the thought is in my head all of a sudden like something's here (laughs) and I've had like weird things happen around the room and physically and my drawers opening and stuff like that but I don't know what it is but it's probably just a knowing a knowing uh, hypersensitivity to it so yeah yeah Yeah. so I'm cool with it sharing that that's that's they're both really interesting I didn't expect either of them either so yeah so I guess to kick the conversation off so I, I personally have got anxiety and I've suffered with depression in the past and I feel like in the UK it's quite a relatively new thing to be diagnosed with a mental illness and I, I know that a friend got diagnosed when she was a teenager so like about so 10 years ago so it's, it's kind of been like a common thing for 10 years but it's come to the forefront for the last couple of years is that kind of quite similar in the US or would you say it's it's been a, a kind of like well-known thing for quite a while now? Well, you know, I can think back to the 60s when I was growing up and they had more shows about like actual movies where they had therapy going on and it was starting to become something that was not necessarily socially acceptable by any means. But yet the idea of going and speaking to a therapist started to come up in the media Mm. and um, that slowly kind of progressed. And I feel like the conversation has been happening more. However, I do feel as though... Uh, people are still giving themselves a really difficult time around feelings and emotions and feeling okay with actually having them, feeling comfortable with having them without making themselves like there's something wrong. We use the word mental illness, but Mm. as though, but illness is really not, um, it's an indicator. It's a mental indicator that maybe you're going through something and it's, it's time really to release something either in your speaking or in, in your emotions in a safe way. Um, and that's what we're trying to root out with the shift. Yeah. And I mean, Mary would know way more than me, kind of the history of everything, but I can say, um, my two parents are both psychologists. So they actually have been practicing PhD clinical psychologists for their whole careers. So for them, it's been, you know, obviously this is not so relatively new that it's, you know, the last few years, but they've been practicing, you know, now for at least 30 plus years. Um, so, and I know when they started, it was absolutely a, a big thing. 
I think it definitely existed and diagnoses were definitely made. But I think to Mary's point, it's kind of, it has still been this struggle to normalize it and to normalize on the, on the patient's end or, you know, the person who wants to go seek the help. Um, not everyone has all the time and not everyone has felt normal to talk about it and express it. So that I do think is a little bit more of a recent growth is that we are becoming more open to um, normalizing the conversation. And yeah, that's what we're here even to do is just continue to help facilitate that and make sure just continue to grow and go on and on and on and just wipe away that stigma or that, you know, the nervousness that people have sharing and people like you who are coming on here and, and telling your story when you never have, like, it's people like you that are making that difference also in both like the UK and here, I think together, the more we do talk about it, the more it just, I hope continues to trend upwards. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that leads quite nicely into the next question, really, because I guess there's a real stigma. Again, I'm not too sure what it's like in the US, but in the UK, there's a real stigma of men not opening up about Mm -hmm. their feelings with mental health. And I I, I did a lot of research. It was, um, it's kind of like World Suicide Prevention Day quite recently here. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of research on it just because I thought, oh, it's, I, I just want to find out about it, really. And there's there's 12 suicides a day in the UK. <sighs> and it's 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 horrible. And I guess what what would you say to to kind of like guys like me? Of, I guess there's a lot of people that don't open up. And there's that again, like you just said, there's that stigma around not being able to open up. What would you say to people in that position that that kind of don't want to talk about it you know that's a really interesting question and i feel as though um what i would say to men and women is be generous to each other and to yourselves my god this is a time in the world that we have not experienced you know for our our group you know i mean we've seen other histories you know i don't know how old you are luke but other you know histories go through revolutions and through pandemics and we don't have a manual on how to deal with coronavirus. And we really, really need to be generous with one another around this because feelings and emotions are high. And we tend to make ourselves wrong and each other wrong. And so if we can really just let go of the idea that we know what's going on right now and that it's okay to be in the moment mm-hmm. and to have a conversation with another person as a human being and say, I get it. It, it makes such a difference around the aloneness scale. It's just people really get there are not going through this by themselves. So there are the entire world is going through some um, edition of this. Yeah, I think the gender question is so interesting. And to be honest, I haven't thought a whole lot about that. And I think that's, that definitely brings up like something that I would love to look more into. Um, but now that you're saying that, it does feel a little bit like there are, there are fewer, um, at least, you know, public figures who are male versus female coming out and talking about it. I think there are probably fewer. Um, and, and I do, you know, again, I disclaimer, I am not an expert. This is my personal opinion. I'm not entirely sure, but just from what I feel like I'm observing, I do think there is a tougher time, even not relating to mental health. I think men are, you know, there's this societal norm or this societal kind of construct that says that men need to be tough and not show their feelings and not break down and not be weak. And I think that goes, you know, generations and generations in the past. And I, again, I do think it's something that is 
moving in the direction of, of people, you know, kind of more, more equality and more gender role reversal and all these things. Um, but it must be really tough for, for men, especially to feel okay. Speaking about something that in, in what their eyes are used to seeing would be deemed weak or deemed, you know, something negative when of course it is not that it's the complete opposite of that. Um, and I feel like the more I actually just the other day, um, a, a huge NFL, I forget his name now. Oh man, I'm so, this is bad, but a, a football player, really famous, famous football player um, in the United States just came out about his really severe depression about around his brother committing suicide and how he fell into a super deep depression after that. And honestly, it's one of the first times that like a major, major athlete who's male has like come out and just spoken about that. And it was a big deal. It was a huge deal in the sport, in the like athletic community, but also in just for in general, in, in the mental health world, it was very big. And I think more and more, as more and more people start to come forward, especially if more and more men can come forward and talk about their stories like you are, I think that'll definitely help. Yes. Um, and, and speaking about it before taking action, you know, right. I mean, the, mm -hmm. these thoughts of suicide are really, it's a um, the idea is a temporary solution. No, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. So in other words, whatever you're going through will change. You know, we see that in life. Things don't stay the same. And yeah. even if they got worse, there, there is, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's not the answer. It's a closure on something that's more to be discovered on is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. The more we can it all starts at home and it starts, you know, young and the more just as we go through generations and generations, the more we can be teaching our future children, boys and girls, and you know, that it that this is okay, no matter what you are, no matter what gender or race or anything that we all go through struggles and we should all feel empowered to talk about them. I mean, that's really what we can do. And we can, yeah, I, I think that's such an interesting question. I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely think there is kind of this gender situation where it doesn't feel equal in terms of talking about it. Yeah. Cause I feel like, again, I'm not, I'm not stereotyping at all, but I feel like as a guy, I, it, again, in the past, I wouldn't have opened up to my friends and sort of said, Oh, I've got, I've got anxiety or I've got depression. Yeah. Is it, you can't, you, I don't know, those, those sort of conversations don't happen. And I think going back to what, what you said, Mary, about, in this current situation we all need to be really kind to one another and look out for one another i think that's what helped me start the podcast and helped me start the stress sessions because i thought i'm gonna do it i thought i, I just thought i'm gonna tell my story i'm gonna put it out there yeah. there's big because at the start i couldn't actually see anybody so there was i was just at home on my own with my wife yeah and i thought why not like i'll just do it and just see what the reaction is and it's it's been a really, really positive thing, I think, because over the last weeks, months, people have actually opened up to me and 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 my wife, and we've had discussions with really close friends that we wouldn't have had had that not happened. So it's been it's been a really interesting journey. There, there <laughs> I literally been, have chills. Sorry, so I. there are so many beautiful moments I've had also during this time where I feel this rare opportunity to connect with another human being. I, you know, I have a boyfriend and, and just people, even on, on Zoom, people like yourself, that we are all kind of coming together around this yeah. to really cause this movement and cause this change. 
so that we could stand, you know, in a new place with each other. Yeah. And that difference is that we are all for probably the first time, literally ever like experiencing the same thing at the same time that is causing everyone distress, whether it's a little, a lot in this way or that way. And there's something kind of beautiful about that in a weird way. I've been saying that since the start and I'm always like, not that this is good, but you know, there's kind of that interesting silver lining that everyone can come together and really, I think that is so so cool for you that that, that's been happening and we've noticed that is the effects of talking about it too is that it's kind of this um like butterfly effect we hope that more and more people do feel comfortable so good for you honestly like such a touching story thank you and i guess that it that kind of again leads into the next question i have that, that you just spoke about adrian that is with regards to youth mental health is there any kind of like tips that you guys have got where you can help kind of like children or a younger sibling or, or something like that about the, the mental health topic? Yeah, like about discussing it or about opening up about it? Yeah, just, I guess, initiating the conversation, I think, because it's mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that it it, it probably won't, wouldn't come naturally unless, unless that child has been taught about it in school or mm-hmm. it, it just, you because you wouldn't normally, it wouldn't come up in normal conversation, would it? So how would, is there any kind of like, tips or anything like that of like initiating the conversation i guess well the thing is um what the shift promotes is not only for for adolescents and young adults to start speaking but also for parents to hear that their kids may be struggling with something and unable to tell them because of they're afraid of their judgment mm-hmm. so like your podcast i mean one of the things is there are signs if your child's behavior has changed if they're eating or sleeping differently you know, if they're not talking, <laughs> you know, there's things you can put into place as a parent. You could put in mental health check-ins where you just check in with your kid and say, listen, you know, I get you don't want to talk or maybe you do want to talk, but there's a space here I have for you. Or I won't judge you because this is a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. I think we also, uh, so we do these weekly kind of um, interviews on Instagram live, actually every Friday on the shift series, Instagram. And last week we had um, this amazing woman, Ada, I'm forgetting how to say her last name. I don't want to butcher it, but yes, or did something. Okay. Anyway, she was incredible. (laughs) She's a lovely woman and she's a mom. And she was so funny because she's talking about how she's had her own struggles. And then she's talking about her kids and how it's really tough to navigate. Like, you know, she, she's like, well, I tell my husband everything that my kids say. And, And then, you know, we're coming on from this perspective of like, okay, but let's think about what issues could children potentially have where they're worrying about talking to their parents. And we actually, in that last episode at the end, provided a couple um, tips from uh, one of our partner organizations um, that was literally about that. Like if you're young and you have, you are worried about opening up to your parents or to your friends or to like a trusted person, here are some actual tips and strategies for doing that. And it actually ran through the, the three main reasons why someone may be hesitating to tell their parents. Um, and so, you know, we don't need to get into all of them now, but like for example, one was that they feared that they fear that their parents would stress out too much. They have enough on their plate. They don't want them to have to take on their, you know, issues too. And it really went through these beautiful kind of solutions as to why that thinking, you don't need to think that way as to why, you know, you are justified in telling them and, and 
how they're probably thinking and you don't even know that it's different. So anyway, yeah, there are, there are some resources out there, you know, to, um, for, for youth to get a hold of, to figure out ways and strategies to talk to their parents, um, including our, our Instagram lives are definitely just a little shameless self plug here, but actually it's very helpful. That's why I'm saying yeah, that because yeah. there were, there were tips um, directly about that. Well, there are plenty of UK numbers too that are um, out, you know, um, for suicide hotlines and, and whatnot too. If people feel like they, um, you know, can't survive without a conversation. Mm. I think that's what you, what you guys is doing is, is, is really admirable. I think because personally, I, I, I hadn't, I, I've suffered from mental health issues for years and I wouldn't have ever thought about opening up to my parents about it until very, very recently. And yeah. I, but like, it was, it's this sort of stereotypical thing where I bottled it up inside and I told my wife about it and, and that was it. And in the end it just sort of like came to a head and I just sort of had a breakdown and it it was horrible. <laughs> it was, it was really, really horrible at the time. And I think that, like I said, what you guys are doing to try and encourage the youth of today to kind of speak out and speak to their their like their parents or an adult or or, or whoever is is fantastic because I wish I'd had that when I was younger. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's just such a shame that yeah you yeah yeah we weren't there we're, twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. We're we're also covering a, a multitude of issues too. We're covering uh, depression and anxiety are our biggest right now for many people throughout the world, especially this age group. And also eating disorders, we've covered ADHD, we've covered, um, gosh, you know, like PTSD. we've had PTSD, sure, you know, and we've had like celebrities like um, Adrian just mentioned, Ada Luz is actually an actress on Netflix on the show On the Block. She was also in Jane the Virgin. And she, you know, these wonderful people are giving up their time to be a part of what, what we're creating. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it, I definitely, that's part of the reason I'm so passionate about talking about this stuff now too, is because I had a resource when I was young, I had my parents and as I got older, I noticed that that wasn't the norm, the normal thing. Like not everyone had this space or these people that they loved and trusted, especially the ones closest to you, your parents, who they could feel comfortable talking about that with. And I realized how fortunate and lucky I was that I happened to be the child of two therapists. Um, and it just, you know, really encouraged like me to get more involved with things like this. So yeah, thank you for saying that. I totally, I can resonate with that 100%. There sh I wish there also was more available, you know, back then. And all we can do now is just create that now and continue moving forward and um, creating that space for the youth of today who probably need it even more than we did, maybe. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree. And this, well, the, the global pandemic's a classic case of like, how <laughs> how are people thinking <laughs> It's 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 crazy. Yeah. It's completely mm -hmm. crazy, and it's like again, you've you've probably talked about this already. But another question I've got is: is there a way you can teach the younger generation to be more in tune with their feelings? So, how if they're feeling kind of, I guess, for instance, if they're if they're having suicidal thoughts? Well, first of all, yeah, yeah. I I know you didn't stop, but I I'm sorry about that. I didn't mean to. No, that's fine. But it's like it's like <laughs> let yourself have your feelings. 
there's so much of this sense of powering through them. And when you power through your feelings, sometimes you don't allow yourself to label them. You don't even know what you're feeling. And it's okay to have them. You know, I mean, I think that more or less it's the best way to have control over or, con or work with them or is to let yourself have them and let yourself enter in the conversation and not see that as being idle time. It's actually worthwhile, you know, for you to have your feelings and not. You do, you spend more time trying to resist them than you do having them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what you said, like I, all we can really do is just continue teaching that it is okay to feel what you're feeling. We have feelings for a reason and that everyone, no matter what it looks like on the outside, everyone has feelings and emotions, whether they're happy one day, sad one day, good, bad, whether you're struggling, you know, everything's on a spectrum, even mental health is on a spectrum. So, you know, that we're so quick to label things and be like, well, you have this, but you don't have this, but you, but at the end of the day, we're all feeling things and it's all on a spectrum. And so the more we can, yeah, just what Mary's saying, we just need to encourage that the, if you can open up about it, if you can accept that you feel that way, because guess what? You feel that way. That's how you feel. You didn't choose to feel that way, but it is real and it is happening. So you can spend a bunch of time and energy trying to deny it or trying to push through it. And that's sometimes our natural response. But in the, at the end of the day, exactly how you said, Mary, it's, it's just you're trying to power through it when if you decided to acknowledge and, and accept and face it, you can get out of there a lot sooner and just, you know, try to work through it a lot, a lot sooner. I think it's, it's it going to benefit you. Just to add that, it doesn't help blaming your feelings on a situation, unfortunately, either. It's yeah. more or less um, letting yourself process. If you need to cry, break down. I don't know how many times I've done that during this. Mm. And it's been so helpful because then I can create something new. You know, I can't, I'm not sitting in the old, you know, yeah. I'm coming from a new place when I cry. Now, if I'm crying every day of the week, then obviously I may need some help. Because I'm not supposed to met my, live my life crying every day. Yeah. You know, so it's like knowing how to gauge that for yourself, especially during mm -hmm. this time. Yeah. And I think through all of it, you're learning about yourself. I think if you can live your life both with mental health and, and business and careers and, and friendships and relationships with everything, if you can live it like being your true authentic self, meaning feeling everything you're feeling, you know, saying things, well, obviously, you know, we can't say everything we're feeling <laughs> uh, if it's if it's uh some, whatever we won't go there um but you know what i mean yes sharing what you're feeling sharing what you think then it leaves room also for you to learn about yourself so i have gotten really really good at self-awareness and self-reflection i sit there often just thinking why did i react that way to that what that person said where is this coming from is this was that my bad did they hurt me what's happening and the more i like let things happen and then kind of afterwards be like let me think about that for a second and reflect like, am I doing okay? Am I burnt out? What's happening? It's been so helpful because the more I just can learn who I am. And I think it doesn't happen sometimes until you're a little bit older where you really feel confident and like, this is me. Okay. I understand myself when you're growing up and you're a teenager and you're a kid, things happen all the time where you're like, that was weird. Why did I do that? Oh, weird. I feel irritable. Oh, puberty weird. Like all these things, all these changes. And the more you can kind of just let yourself just have the changes, just put, do what is naturally, authentically you in that moment. And then being able to look at that and thinking, okay, what's going on with me? Let's reflect, let's accept that everything, no matter what is okay, but I can choose if, if I don't like the fact that I 
I get a little too irritable with my brother. Okay, let me try to work on that. Or like, you know, oh, I'm having a really hard time not feeling sad every day. Like Mary said, if you're crying every day, then okay, you know, maybe I should go talk to someone. Like it's, if you can reflect and, and really just become aware of who you are, I think it also really helps. I think that take, taking a positive out of the current situation, like you, both you guys have said as well, is that it, I think it would have given a lot of people a time to reflect on themselves and their life and what they're doing with their, with their life and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think that me personally, like I've, <laughs> like I've made some big changes to my life in the past six months that I wouldn't have done had this pandemic not have yeah. happened. And it's, it's crazy. It's, it is really, really crazy. And I think that a lot of people will be able to relate to that because they would have kept plodding along doing what they're doing every single day and mm-hmm. just, and not thinking about themselves, I, I, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the biggest lessons I think that this has taught me and I think several people around me is that it shouldn't take a global pandemic to make changes that you maybe would want to make normally and just didn't. Like, maybe this can encourage us in the future to live life that way every day. Like, hey, what kind of opportunities are you not taking right now? Or, you know, if you had all the time in the world, what would you prioritize? Because during this time, we've all had to think that way and we have changed things. Um, yeah, I, I think that's an awesome way to look at everything that's been happening. It's kind of a bit like, well, but I, I live in a semi-detached house at the moment, so we, we're joined to one other house. And we were like, we don't like our neighbours. We're going to move into a detached house. That's that's a really big change. We're doing it. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, we're, we're, we are doing it. And it's like, we wouldn't have done that had yeah. the pandemic not have happened. So it's, it's yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been really, really crazy. It definitely has. Well, one question that I wanted to ask you, Adrian, was as, as an influencer, like on a lot of social media streams, is, I guess, people look look at you as kind of like a role model and I guess the content that you put out is really it's, I don't know how to say like really truthful you're like really true to yourself and everything you put yeah. out is it's just your life you don't kind of mm-hmm. like like a highlight it's not, I'm not sugarcoating it I'm not yeah that's, that's yeah that, that's it whereas I think a lot of influencers do sugarcoat stuff and they do yeah they'll put like a filter on something and make themselves look their best. And I think yeah. you don't do that. You're just very natural. And I think, well, that... thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I definitely, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Do you, do you think that like a lot of influencers have the pressure of making themselves look their best? And then in turn, that has a knock on effect on the, like the younger generation of, I need to look like these influencers. I need to make myself look my best at all times. And then again, contributing to their mental health. Oh man. Yes, absolutely. And like, you know, we could talk for 10 hours about that specific topic, but I will just say, oh man, the world of social media is such a beautiful blessing and it can also be a very toxic place. And it has provided, you know, it, it has provided people with endless resources and connections and incredible things. Um, even in the mental health world, you know, being able to watch YouTube videos of people's coming out stories or, or people's, you know, things that they may be relating to and dealing with and then getting to actually hear that. It's so beautiful. On the flip side of things, of course, um, you know, we end up in this world where we think everything we see is all we see it like that, or that that's all there is. And we all know that's just not the truth. And, Sadly, I do think social media and, and 
comparing people comparing themselves to people they see on social media is huge and it can be really detrimental to your self-confidence your self-esteem and you know i think it's it's up to individuals it's up to social media consumers to well first of all i do think as someone who is um, who has a platform with a following it you do have somewhat of a responsibility to make sure that what you're putting out there you'd be okay with a 13 year old seeing and repeating um, I feel very strongly about that. I'll say I don't think everyone feels strongly about that. I wish everyone did. But at the end of the day, yes, it's my right to share what I want. But also, you know, with this platform comes responsibility. And for me personally, I want to be that person that is showing everything that is. And it doesn't mean I need to make my entire life public. But but if I show all the good things and then I have a bad day, I'm not going to ignore the bad day. I'll be like, hey, I had a bad day. I'm going to show myself with zit cream in the morning. I'm going to show myself, you know, not looking perfect all the time, but, but that's also who I am. I walk around in sweatpants. I walk around in zit, with zit cream and I want people to know it's okay to be their authentic selves and that that's more appealing. I think right now, Gen Z, the lower generation is kind of having this, I always say they're the most woke generation. I just feel like they realize that they want to see the authenticity. They don't want to see the fake stuff. They're sick of it. And they're, they were like just born, but I feel like, it is a responsibility. And um, I would also say it's, it's on the influencers, but as a consumer of media, it's very important to be educated and aware that this is happening and that what you see isn't always what is real. And it is up to you to also cater your own scrolling habits um, to be able to, to help your mental health and not hurt it. So if you are finding yourself scrolling on Instagram and not feeling good about yourself when you're looking at it, then you can take it upon yourself to do a little social media cleanse, maybe unfollow the people. It's not their fault. It's nothing against them. But if it's not making you feel good about yourself or empowered, then unfollow them. You don't have to look at that. You can be consuming the stuff that makes you feel powerful, makes you feel um, heard and makes you feel good and confident. So it's both people's responsibility, right? So that's my take on that. I mean, there's a lot more in that. Adrian, regard, I love that. I mean, really, you're basically saying you have a choice. As yeah. a consumer, you have a choice whether you start younger or not. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always encourage parents to know what your child's watching, you know, out of love. Yeah. <laughs> certain things that physiologically being exposed to is not the best thing for them because um, they can't make sense of it. Um, right. So, um, yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying and I love what you're saying. And I, and I think, yes, as you get older and you know, you're taking on that responsibility, make choices that are healthy for you, that you don't have to sit in, in the comparison um, crisis. Yeah. I, that comparison thinking is just leaving people feeling alone. And, you know, it's so not the truth. Right. So. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Some people's authentic selves are they love makeup and they love fashion and they love doing those things. And that's also completely okay. Like if that's what they want to put out there and that's what they love, like there's no reason that people should also shame them for always having makeup on or always being put together. Like we don't know their story. We don't know what mm -hmm. it, that's about. We don't know if it's because they don't want to show themselves or if it's because they love makeup. Like, so we also need to just be less judgmental kind of of that aspect of it too. I love sharing my natural self. But other people might not love it and it might not be for the reasons that we think. So yeah, what Mary said, you know, we have a choice and it's on, it's on both sides. And as you get older, you're more able to make that choice as a youth, as like a child or early teenager, 
I, I do think that as social media is now kind of has been here, like it, it was like, whoa, in recent years, now that we're like, okay, we know this is a thing. I think it's also the responsibility, again, of parents, of teachers, of mentors to also help facilitate those conversations with their children to make them realize that what they're seeing on the internet is, is this, is this sometimes fabricated, sometimes not, sometimes this, sometimes that, like the more they can know that early on, the more they can be prepared to make that choice, right? So yeah, it's I so interesting. Totally agree. And I, again, a couple of a couple of episodes back, I spoke to one of my friends is a deputy head teacher at a, at a school. So it's like kind of like a vice principal. And she she basically said that the, their curriculum has changed so much in the past couple of years just to educate children in schools about mental health and the do's and don'ts of social media and stuff like that. So it's like amazing. Oh, it, that's so cool. It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm so happy. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't have known because I'm not in the education world, but that's really cool to hear. I'm very Yeah, happy they're about doing that. a great service to the kids, really. Yeah. And okay, so I guess my last, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up soon if that's okay. I don't yeah. really have too much yeah. more of your time. <laughs> um, no worries. I could but, talk for 10 days straight. Mary knows this. I don't <laughs> shut up ever. <laughs> Mary's like, oh gosh, I'm on a podcast with Adrian. This is no, I love, I love what you have to share, Adrian. You know that. <laughs> Thank you. I love what you have to share too. Um, Dream team. Okay, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> is there any kind of key coping mechanisms that you guys personally use that might be of help to others kind of, if you're having a, like a panic attack or... A breakdown or anything like that well i mean every different episode someone's experience can be quote unquote labeled something but i mean it's more or less like what i say to myself is if i feel like my emotions are getting to a point where they're just too hard to bear alone then i call someone that i feel safe with okay like i said if it goes on for a stretch i have to look as to whether or not there's something is chemically going on or something else going on that I need to address medically um you know so I don't know is that answering your question (laughs) yeah Yeah, okay good I think yeah because I again if if I'm feeling bad personally I'll whatsapp a friend or I'll I'll call a friend or I'll go and I'll I'll just I'll speak to him I think that and that's that's kind of like the the main thing is again going, going back to the whole point of my podcast it's it's making sure you reach out to people and you talk yeah. to people, you tell people how you're feeling rather than just sitting in silence. And I think that again, from experience, that's, that's something that I, I did for years. And I think that by talking to other people, they'll then trust you to listen to them about their problems. And then it's kind of like a knock on effect mm-hmm. rolling and, and you kind of, I don't know, like, I, I just feel like when one person will speak, the next person will speak and it just has a massive mm-hmm. knock effect and it's, it's amazing and I like I I'm yeah that's why I'm so glad that I've done this because I just think that it I, I've always just wanted to help one person I think that because there's so many people have just messaged and sort of said oh like what you're doing is great and all of that and like it's I, I don't care what I'm doing I'm just doing like I just want to help people that's literally yeah. and I think just by people opening up it's just an incredible thing and like people yeah. have been amazing throughout this whole thing well, now's the time. So, yeah. And that's definitely, I mean, one of the biggest personal 
personal discoveries from you during the shift all like since the beginning was just the validation or not the validation reaffirming the fact that simply talking about it like just letting it out like like saying it to anyone whether they're helping you solve it or not if they're just listening saying it the act of saying it to anyone literally feels good it feels there's this release there's this who okay like and it opens up certain things and it helps you know potentially that person and there's this snowball effect but i think one of the most beautiful things that we have just seen over and over as we're talking to people and also at the start when we did this really powerful day where we brought a bunch of young people together and kind of had this roundtable talk and, and filmed it and people were super vulnerable and opened up and like i'll never forget and I'll, I'll continue to talk about that day because you know i already knew that talking about it was so great and so beneficial to yourself and others but like holy crap that day was like life-changing i think for a lot of us it really and all we did was sit around and talk about what we've gone through we weren't there to solve their problems overnight we weren't there to say you're gonna walk out these doors a new person but we all understood in that moment the power of just talking about what's going on and that you know so yeah, yeah some of these, some exactly of these kids right. um like adrian's mentioning it for the first time in their lives actually came out about some things and we made sure they were taken care of you know um because the last thing we're having with the show is an expose or a we're not it's not about the the, the trauma it's about the uh, contribution that each of us can be to one another around what we have gone through or what we're going through and 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 the, and the unity we find in that yeah so i'm very happy that yeah what your discovery was with creating this podcast is is exactly what we're all, what we're here to do is is talk is encourage other people to talk it's kind of like when two people are standing there and both people are like maybe you have a plan to go to dinner with someone but both people are kind of not hungry anymore but both people don't want to like ruin the plans with the other person <laughs> by like saying they're not hungry anymore so they both go to dinner but they were both not even hungry right it's like yeah <laughs> kind of yeah. a funny analogy but i feel like that so if you know you're struggling with something and someone else is struggling with something but if one of you just says it then the other person will be like oh my gosh me too maybe yeah so yeah, and I love it. It's a relief because you're just like, oh, I didn't want to do that either. And like, yeah, problem, problem solved. Well, not problem solved, but like, but like, feels so good. Yeah. It's yeah. like taking one for the team. I try to view everything like that too. Like, when I first started ever talking about mental health on my platforms, I was like, you know what? Even if this feels uncomfortable, which for me personally, I'm again, I'm like an open book. So it, but it still was a little bit interesting feeling like I'm about to say this to hundreds of thousands of people. And in that moment, I was like, but you know what, if this, if me being vulnerable and me feeling uncomfortable can even help one person, like, then I will feel so justified and good in what I did. Like, I will not feel uncomfortable or worried ever again about talking about it. Like, that's all that matters. And so it's almost like, yeah, the more people that can decide to kind of take one for the team and like, okay, I'll talk about, it. I'll be brave and I'll step up. The more it's just this snowball effect. It's incredible. Yeah, and it's really come from a place of uh, of non-judgment as people talk about their lives. Because I find that if I judge someone, it means I'm uncomfortable with what they're talking about. And it's something, once again, for me to look at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah. Every single time I talk about mental health, it's just like eye-opening and feels so great. And I, I learn more every time. So thank you for having us on.
no you're welcome thank you so much for coming it's, and you guys are the first international guests on the show as well so that's so oh. wonderful we feel so privileged thank you we- yeah that's so ex- also the fact that we can even do this right now is pff, blows my mind technology yeah. come on here's a clap for technology <laughs> cool okay thank you oh yeah i'll leave it there and yeah i'll speak to you guys soon thank you yeah All right. thank you so me. much have a good sleep yeah, I'll, I'll be awake. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go and get some sleep. Yeah, thank. You. Have a yeah. good rest of the day. Thank you. Now you too. Thank you. And bye, Mary. Bye, Adrian. Bye. Good to see you, love. Good to see you. That was great. Really enjoyed doing that. Thanks again to Mary and Adrian for coming on the stress sessions the first ever international guests, which is incredible. It's awesome. I'd just like to remind everybody to keep sharing, keep downloading, keep subscribing, like stuff on Instagram. I see every like, I see every comment, and I really, really appreciate it from everybody. So thanks again, and speak to you soon.